and welcome to Reverse Sequels. My name is Ellie, and with me, as always, is... Patrick. And on today's podcast, we are talking Triple X, the original. That's right. So if you haven't listened to the last two episodes, make sure you listen to those because we did Triple X 3, Return of Xander Cage, Triple X 2, State of the Union, and now we're talking about the original. And this is about a X Games athlete, an extreme athlete. A They also call it at one point action sports. I never heard of any of these things, but basically this is a guy who skateboards, snowboards snowboards skis jumps out of airplanes parachutes all that kind of stuff and they turn him into a secret agent so that he can infiltrate this terrorist group called anarchy 99 who just so happen to be super big action sports fans seamless i mean the plot of this movie is seamless you have an action sports celebrity. You have the NSA, the CIA. <laughs> what are those two things doing independent of each other? Fuse them together. It's the natural evolution of things. I want to get... I have one tidbit for this movie. I want to get it out of the oh. way right away. The tidbit that I learned, according to Wikipedia, is that a billboard for this movie went up in L.A. Advertising the movie, the name of the movie, the star of the movie, Vin Diesel before a script was written and that makes so much sense i don't know if it's true i read it on wikipedia but it makes perfect sense the one tidbit that i read is that there's a reason the title is stylized little x big x little x oh and what is it to differentiate it from pornography (laughs) because when you try to google this movie yeah you just try Triple X. There's no State of the Union. There's no Return of Xander Cage. Yeah, just Triple X, Triple X movie. Yeah, all that comes up is porn. Yeah, and so they did that on purpose. Well, I I don't think it helped at all. No. But it makes sense that there was no script written because obviously the hook is everything is just based on what if there was an extreme sports person who became a secret agent and then they just filled in the blanks after that. Wouldn't it make more sense to have a secret agent like learn how to skateboard or no, snowboard? I don't think so. Well, they got real lucky because the guy that they picked, Xander Cage, to be a secret agent is like great at being a secret agent. He has perfect aim with a gun. He like is quick on his feet. He has all the skills that you need. So he they really didn't. No, they didn't train need, him. No, they didn't need to train him at all. Here's the question I have. In subsequent movies. They call it the Triple X program. We know Samuel L. Jackson is recruiting. He's calling all of these new agents Triple X. Is this an homage to Xander Cage? Is Xander Cage the original Triple X? And that's why they name it that? None of the sequels make any sense if you look at it, if you watch this movie first. Because, yeah, his name is already Triple X. He already has the Triple X tattoo on the back of his neck. And then later on, Samuel in the third one, Samuel Jackson's like, oh, I got the idea for the Triple X program because of skateboarders and pools. But that's all bullshit. Because his name was Triple X. But then, so he was like, I don't even, Wait, know. I don't even know where to start. Well, my question is, why does he have that Triple X tattoo? Because he's so extreme. His name is Xander. They call him X. But he's like so extreme that he's triple the X. That actually makes sense, but nobody ever said that. Um, well, I filled in the blanks myself. But Samuel Jackson is lying in the third one because it's not like he targets only extreme sports people specifically. He gives this dossier of all these different people and he's like, we need to recruit somebody who's not your typical secret agent. We need to get, and he has this whole dossier of like criminals and. Um, athletes and different things and Xander Cage just happens to be the only one who passes all the tests so they get a guy who's a skateboarder slash BMX rider slash snowboarder but he wasn't specifically targeted so Samuel Jackson's idea of how he started the program is bullshit how did James Bond learn how to like ski down a mountain (laughs) without being an action sports star I mean like, I, I kind of agree with the point you were making, and I can't remember if it was the last one or the one before that, where basically 
James Bond movies are just as ridiculous as this, but when you put in like snowboarding and you put in this like early 2000s rap metal soundtrack it oh. just becomes so ridiculous let's it's oh, laughable okay I, let's get into i had to get that out of the way but yeah let's get into right wrong and right never predicted. wrongs and never predicted so we correctly predicted no ice cube <laughs> yeah that was an easy one uh vin diesel samuel they're all in it samuel jackson did not fake his own death in this one right which I was disappointed in. I know. I got disappointed in that too, but I can only hope in the fourth one, he will. Uh, let's hope so. We correctly predicted basically the plot that it would yeah. be Anarchy 99. Right. They were it, hacking, but no. They sort of were hacking. They were just kind of involved in all sorts of stuff. But I think you had said they'll hack a nuclear warhead and they end up taking like a chemical weapon and shooting it at Prague. That's Here's pretty close. the weird thing. Where was the scene I saw in that bar? <laughs> you never, I never came up. I swear he like rode a bomb out of a plane, but maybe. I mean, you do have a history of making up things that you think you saw in movies. So. I remember I really thought Rihanna was in Pacific Rim. Yes. This might be a similar phenomenon. Yeah. But there is a part where he's basically surfing on a nuclear or on a biological weapon. So maybe it's that's called what it Silent is. Night. And there is a part where he. He jumps out of an airplane on a snowboard. Maybe I fuse the two together in you my must brain. Have, yeah. I don't know. We do get uh, the recruiting scene of Samuel L. trying to get Triple X. So I felt like that was right. Yeah, definitely. We got one or two insane stunts. There's one part where he uses uh, a dinner tray. Oh, that's my like big, biggest never could have predicted. To yeah. escape. Yeah. Um, we can come back to that too. But then I feel like the rest I got wrong. Really? Okay. I think I was right that there was no squad. I said that there wouldn't be a squad. Right. And I he's said very there much, would be. He's very much solo. I said that the nerdy white guy would be back, and he was. And um, yes. you were right that his name was Toby. I feel like yeah. we didn't get that in the second one, but his name is Toby Lee Shavers. A weird name that they've given this guy. And he loves guy. bugles. He doesn't eat any bugles in the first one, but in the second one he does. But that guy is back. You predicted... I don't know. And I guess I was wrong about the rest, too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You predicted there'd be like love interests left and right. And there's not, but there's two. I think I said three and there was two. There was two? I really thought there was one main one. Yeah, but then there was also that stripper that he has sex with in the big Russian mansion. That's not a love interest. Well, I meant sexual encounters. (laughs) (laughs) I think it counts. I don't know. Unfortunately, I was wrong about my celebrity guest cameos. Oh, are we going to wrongs already? I got nothing else right. Okay. Yeah, me neither. No Jeremy Irons. No, and no Tim Robbins. No, I thought it would be a real notable bad guy. It's not. The head of Anarchy 99 is just some Russian dude. Yeah. No Alessandra Ambrosio. No, and no Anna Nicole Smith. Shockingly. Shocking. But I feel like you were pretty close. You thought it would be some kind of model. I guess Jessica Alba. It's um, Asia Argento. Asia Argento. So uh, was she ever a model or just an actress? I'm sure both. Okay. Know. All right. I'm counting that as like a half right. I don't know. We were in the ballpark on that but, one. Well, what we didn't predict was that we would see Eve, EVE, yeah. Danny Trejo, Tony Hawk. There were celebrities, but Eve. we just did not guess correctly who they were going to be. Yeah. Was Eve his girlfriend? I get the feeling they were together. would have been a love interest. I feel like they were together. Also, I thought Eve was going to appear more. She's really only in the opening, and then she's never seen again. Um, I got wrong that I thought we'd see him getting branded XXX, because I thought they would start the program and then name yeah, him. No. No. He already had that tattoo. The program's named after him. And I got it wrong that we would see him fake his own death. That does not happen. No. And then we looked it up because he's not in the second one. So we rewatched the, the, the beginning of the second one and they just real casually drop in Xander Cage died last night in Bora Bora. And I guess we didn't think anything of it in the second one because we thought it was expanded upon in the first one, but it's totally not. And then apparently there's a DVD short film that was released on DVD like a week before the second one came out that shows him faking his own death. Try Googling Triple X short film <laughs> and see what it comes up with. You know what? I even Googled Triple X short film death 
And then I just got it. I was a whole other thing. A bunch of stuff I did not want to see. So I don't know how he died in Bora Bora and how it was fake or why. I never even found out why he didn't do the second movie. There's a lot of like missing trivia and and tidbits for this first movie. We need to get Vin on the podcast because I got some things I want to know. One, what does his tattoo say? What is the name of his D and D character? Yeah, we couldn't Still read that. Still haven't in found one. it. And two, why didn't he do the second movie? And three, how did he die in Bora Bora? <laughs> oh, right. Okay. Right, wrongs. Let's get into Never Predicted, because that was the majority of this movie. The first five minutes of this movie, five to ten minutes, maybe the greatest opening I've ever seen. I thought I was really going to love the movie based yes, on those first ten minutes, because it was too. fucking hilarious. Why don't you break it down for them? Okay, the movie opens up... You see a, you hear this loud music playing, but you're in like this Eastern European castle. You don't know. Then you see that there's a concert, and it sounds like this heavy metal Rammstein. And I guess it was Rammstein because, fun fact, I have seen <laughs> Rammstein in concert. Now, when you saw Rammstein in concert, did you wear a tuxedo? I mean, usually the typical attire <laughs> is formal dress. So we see this special agent running through the Rammstein concert. and In a tuxedo. So, yeah, in a tuxedo. And he obviously gets found out by Anarchy 99 and he gets killed. And then... The the fallout of that is that Samuel Jackson's like, no, they saw right through him. We got to get somebody that knows, you know, them. And that's how they get the idea to get this action sports star. How about don't wear a tuxedo yeah, to a Rammstein concert? <laughs> I don't think you need to totally like reinvent the wheel here. Just get a special agent and don't dress him in a tuxedo. There was even. I thought that was a little ridiculous. There was even a bad guy there who was wearing a Rammstein shirt with like a jacket over it. You know, that business cap. Cash that was popularized yeah. in the early 2000s. That worked. You could have pulled that off. Now, see, exactly. Here's the thing. I didn't think you need to go so authentic because here's a guy wearing the t-shirt of the band he's there to see. Obviously a poser. I don't know about that. I no, you never wear the t-shirt of the band you came to see. Why? You're a fan. No, You probably well, bought it in the lobby. Number one. But whose rules? What? The rock gods. No. Ask Rammstein. I they don't like agree. that. I don't like that. They should have shot that guy, too. I would say, is that wrong? And they would say, yet. <laughs> My favorite part of that, though, is that, so the, the dudes from Anarchy 99, they're hanging out, they're rocking out. They see the guy running around in a tuxedo, so they kill him, obviously. They shoot him. They snipe him with a silencer. Yeah, they snipe him, but again, they're not using a sniper rifle. This movie doesn't believe in sniper rifles, well, even when you have the top sniper in his class. What happens, though, is he's running to the front. Someone has a detonator. They're going to explode the, a bomb. They're going to maybe kill everyone in the concert venue. But as he's trying to reach his target, he gets shot in the chest and falls backwards into the crowd. And then we just see his dead body body surfing at the Rammstein concert. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. I thought this movie was going to be amazing. They think he's just crowd surfing and they don't realize that they're passing a dead body around. Um, oh my God, I love that. That intro was amazing. That intro was worthy of putting up a billboard before you write the script. <laughs> because yeah, maybe they had that idea. You're going to deliver. So good. Then the rest of the movie happened. Yeah, so then the plot kicks into gear. So Samuel L. Jackson is like, how many times are we going to keep throwing a mouse into a snake pit? We need to send in our own snake. Yes. And then we get to meet Xander Cage. That setup was bizarre. (laughs) Really weird. It was so bizarre. I want to know, who was this movie targeted to? Like a nine-year-old boy. Yes. Wearing like van sneakers. I think so. Well, in my, the early 2000s. My sister's boyfriend was, when he found out we were doing this movie for the podcast, he was like, oh, I love that movie. And I was like, you do? And he's like, yeah, when I saw it when I was 12, I did. 12. So I think, yeah. 9 to 12. If you're 12, this movie because really speaks to you. the setup is this. We see an uppity, rich white guy drop off his Corvette, and his name's Dick Hodgkiss. They love using the name Dick in these movies. Yeah, because they think it's funny. Cause yeah. Who wrote this one? This one, I don't. I think the fourteen-year-old boy that wrote the Return of Xander Cage, he wrote this one when he was like eleven. Maybe. Okay. The Corvette had a sticker on the back that said "Skateboarding is a crime." 
Yes. And Who that, slaps a bumper sticker like that on their fucking Corvette? Well, we come to find out that this is an outspoken individual against skateboarding, rap, and <laughs> video games. Yeah, I think he's supposed to be like a congressman or something. So he hates all the fun <laughs> stuff. All this fun. So Xander Cage steals his car by posing as a valet. And is gonna destroy it, <laughs> but not before we see him film his YouTube show? I don't think YouTube was around then, so I think he's just filming it with a GoPro, and then later on... GoPros were around before YouTube? I thought it was the other so way around. That's a good question. Well, he has some kind of camera set up. No, because I think YouTube is not around. No, it was like a webcam strapped to the dashboard. Yeah, it was real weird. But later on, one of the dudes from Anarchy 99 is like, oh, I've seen all your tapes. I think he he made tapes and people passed these around like, you know, like, like jackass. Yeah, like jackass, like skateboarding videos back in the day. I think these were like extreme sports videos. Yeah, well, the name of his show is The Xander Zone. Oh, is that the I couldn't tell if that was the says, name of his show or he was just. Welcome to The Xander Zone. <laughs> I didn't know if he was just saying that. Like a catchphrase. So basically, he says, everyone's trying to hold us down. So I guess Xander Cage, you know, is in league with these nine-year-old, ten-year-old boys who love (laughs) rap video games and skateboarding. I mean, I love those three things, too. Who doesn't? But who? what grown man is going to steal a car as a result of it? I don't know. But then in school, he jumps the car off of a bridge Jumps out with a parachute. Yeah, and films the whole thing. Films the whole thing. Car explodes, and then Tony Hawk is there. Yeah, for some reason (laughs) he turns the camera on himself, and he says, "The moral of the story is, don't be a dick, dick." Oh my god, that's why I think yeah, eleven year old. My favorite part of that though is that he's on the run from the cops for stealing the car. He jumps the car off the bridge and destroys it, and the and the cops are all on the bridge. Now he's on the ground and gets away in the getaway vehicle. So it's like he he got away with the crime, except he videotaped the whole thing and is going to release it to the public. Yeah. I mean... Are they going to know who he is and arrest him? Yeah, well, eventually they do come to arrest him, but not until he has a skate loft party (laughs) to celebrate his awesome Xander Zone video and extreme stunt. Skate loft party. One of my favorite scenes. Yeah. For so many reasons. The nostalgia was rampant. I wrote down just a few of the things that I saw. Xander Cage is wearing a thumb ring. Oh, okay. okay. Amazing. Bring back thumb rings. Goes well with his son around the nipple tattoo. A lot of these guys are wearing Vans t-shirts. Yeah. A lot of the girls are wearing belly shirts and like metal belts. And I was just thrown back into a simpler time, and I loved all of those fashions. And my favorite part is Eve's there, and someone wants him to make his own video game. And she says, he's never going to sell out, honey. (laughs) Because I I think she's his uh, girlfriend. Or like his agent, but slash girlfriend. So if that were the case, then I'd get two love interests, because it would be Eve and Asia Argento. And that stripper in the... That is not a love interest. I think he was in love with her watching her move. We have to talk about that scene. That was like a 20-minute scene. We'll get to there. Okay. So then at the loft party, the NSA like busts in. They shoot Xander Cage with a dart and knock him out. And then the next thing you know, he wakes up in a diner. I'm actually really mad at us. So in the third one... There's that scene like in the plaza in Costa Rica or whatever where he's like, oh, this is fake. This is all fake. And he calls it out. And it didn't really make sense why they would be doing this fake thing. We should have known that that was a callback to the first one and predicted that would happen again. So basically he wakes up in this diner and there's a, a robbery happening. Right. But he remains super calm. Two guys pull a gun on him and he disarms them really quickly and then Samuel Jackson shows up and is like, congratulations, like you passed the test. And he's like, yeah, this was obviously all fake. And he points out all the stuff that's fake. All the inconsistencies. He's like, the waitress is in heels. That's a dead giveaway. Yeah, he's like, it's- my mom was a waitress. You can't wear heels doing a shift like this. He's like Sherlock Holmes. <laughs> but he's like an extreme Sherlock extreme Holmes. Extreme Sherlock Holmes. Sherlock's Holmes. What? <laughs> Sherlock homie. <laughs> there you go. No. I was trying to get the triple X in it. But I like but he's like that guy. I don't know. I don't, well, he was like, this guy's reading the Financial Times on a Sunday. Doesn't make sense. What's so wrong with that? I, well, the markets are closed, so there's no point in reading the news, I guess. What? what? I didn't 
like that one at all. What if <laughs> he's know. reading yesterday's news? What if he's so busy? What if he got off a Look, night shift? That's an 11-year-old's idea of like how to make Xander Cage seem smart. An 11-year-old knows about the Financial Times. He Maybe doesn't. His that's dad's why this, a stockbroker. That's why this line. One cool thing. So the diner that they shot this at is Pan's Diner, which is in L.A., and they've shot like a lot of movies and TV shows there. We actually have eaten at that diner. Yes. Me and Ellie and my whole family ate there, and my mom sat right where Samuel L. Jackson sat in this scene. Now, here's my question to you. Did that really happen? Or was that a setup? <laughs> Us eating there? Yeah. I don't, it's it's a weird. lie. I don't, I don't remember how we got there. It's to get you to do this podcast about movies. Oh my god, did I pass the test? (laughs) Okay, so then he explains everything. He passed the test. Now they shoot him and knock him out again. He wakes up again. In Columbia. There's another test. With like three other guys. Yeah, he's with these other dudes. And they. I guess they all pass the diner test. So this is like, he's on to the final round, I guess. Yeah. And the final round is they drop him in the middle of Columbia, like for real. In a real drug war. And they all get kidnapped by this drug lord played by Danny Trejo. Amazing. All movies should have Danny Trejo in it. He's great in this role. But the whole time Xander Cage thinks that this is all fake too. Until this one point where Danny Trejo like holds a machete in front of his face. And he's like, oh, this smells like real blood. Yeah. And then he freaks out. But then he and his team, they cast eyes at each other. And they're able to bust out of there. But not until he says one of my favorite lines. What was that? I'm going to throw you a beating. (laughs) That's how he threatens Danny Trejo. Machete himself. Yeah. But then he gets on a dirt bike. There's a huge explosion. This was actually... He's riding that dirt bike through explosions for a long time. There was a really cool stunt um, with him riding that dirt bike out of this explosion. It was filmed like from three angles. It was awesome. It had me hooked. And then it just went (laughs) on. Just kept going and going. Way too long. Yeah. I learned later that there's actually a director's cut of this movie that's even longer. The movie is already over two hours long. This wasn't the director's cut? This was not the director's cut. We just watched the normal version. Who would want any more? The director, funny enough, same director as Fast and the Furious, the first one. You know who'd want more? Who? 12-year-old Joe. (laughs) I I think even if you're 12, you're like, all right, let's wrap it up. My God, it goes on so long. I want to know, why did that give it away that it smelled like real blood? Couldn't in the test they use real blood? I mean, if they went to all these other elaborate steps to, like, actually fly them to Columbia, actually hang them up in the middle of a warehouse. I think he's assuming that they would overlook the details, Mm. stuff like that. Okay, okay. So then... He gets out of that, and then Samuel L. Jackson's like, oh, congrats, you like passed another test. We're not even to the main plot yet. No, it hasn't even started. This is all just the recruitment. And then he has a line I like where he says, uncuff me so I can kick your ass. <laughs> and then at one point, so Samuel L. Jackson, he has like the burn scars on his face, which we learn in the next one is because Willem Dafoe ordered him to burn down a building or whatever. A village of innocence. <laughs> Look, he had a reason. For no reason. <laughs> then... uh Xander Cage says to him, kiss my ass, Scarface. Yeah. That's real insensitive. I had that line down, too. After he passes this test, then he's given his mission. His real assignment, right. He needs to take down Anarchy 99. He needs to infiltrate a crime syndicate. He's told that he needs to go in because he's real resistant. He's Mm -hmm. like, I passed all your tests. I don't even want to do this. Leave me alone. And they're like, we need someone like you who's dirty. They're your people. They're tattooed. They're badasses. <laughs> we need to send you in there. Yeah. And then they kind of, they're like, oh, you have three strikes. Or that car stunt where you steal the Corvette. That was your third strike. So you could go to jail for a long time. So they kind of blackmail him into okay, doing Okay, well, this. that's a better reason. But then he, like, they send him on a plane. Uh, wait, before we get to that plane scene. I love that plane scene. I love it too. They give us the reason the Anarchy 99 got their name. Yes. Because they killed 99 people in one night. It <laughs> <laughs> just sound like, uh, just like a little kid being like, oh, it's so badass. Yeah, they killed 99 people, so they're called Anarchy 99. Here's the thing. Do you think if you were in Anarchy 99, you'd be so pissed off it wasn't a clean 100? You'd be no, like, Anarchy 100 sounds terrible. The name sounds bad, but wouldn't you have loved to have killed? If you're killing that many people, you miss it by one? Digits. 
You missed it by one. I would shoot one of my guys in the foot or something. Oh, really? See, I was thinking total opposite. I was thinking like 99 sounds so much cooler that if you accidentally shot a hundredth dude, you'd be like, no, get this guy to a hospital. I want to be Anarchy 99. What about Anarchy 98? That would be terrible. Then you'd have to kill another dude. I don't know. I feel like the name, sure, it's better, but... It was also the year 1999. It was just everything lined up so perfectly with 99. What year did we find out this movie come out? 2002. Okay. But they killed 99 people in one night. In 99, I think. Okay. Don't okay. don't quote me on that, but that's that's um, what I chose to believe. So I was real confused at the start of the next scene cuz <laughs> Xander Cage is just talking to some kid. He's this little chubby kid with like bleached out hair, wearing an oversized hoodie. Very, very uh, like early 2000s look to him. So everybody on the plane is asleep except for Xander Cage in the back row and this teenage kid wandering the cabin of the plane. And here's the thing. I didn't realize they were on a plane for a couple minutes. And I was like, is he, like, who's this kid? Think they were. I thought he was in, like, a basement. Where did you think all those sleeping people in the seats were? I didn't see them. <laughs> he was a blacked out for a second. <laughs> he was just in a blue chair. I thought he was, like, in his sister's basement. That was his nephew. Why are these two people talking to each other? I was real confused for a second. But, also, why is this kid going to Russia? <laughs> <laughs> like, what's his knows? story? I know. I wish we'd followed the kid for the rest of the time. Is he on his way to the bathroom? <laughs> no. So, he, But then he stops. So he says, like, um, my parents are asleep, and I'm in the seat in between them, and, like, I can't sleep. So he's just wandering around. And so Xander Cage is on his, like, laptop looking up all the, like, mission details for Anarchy 99. And the kid goes, oh, what is that, a video game? And then... Even though it doesn't look anything like a video game, Xander Cage goes, yeah, it's a video game. Then they talk about the movie in this extended video game metaphor. Yeah. That doesn't make any sense. No. This kid would know it's not a video game. And he keeps asking him, like, what kind of weapons do you get? And he's like, oh, any weapon I want. And then he's just looking through weapons, like guns. Yeah. Doesn't the kid ever be like, all right, play the game. What are you doing? Why are you not playing it? Why are you just telling me all this setup shit? No, because I think the kid knows he's got to select his weapons, his character. <laughs> he's got to look at the villain. But then he's like, he brings up a picture of Asia Argento. He's like, look at this one. And the kid's like, oh, yeah, chicks. <laughs> and then he's like, yeah, you got to appreciate these graphics. But like, doesn't the kid be like, that's not video game graphics. That's just a picture of a woman. And then why no. would he go back to his seat before he started playing the video game? The kid didn't really want him to play the game. He just wanted someone to talk to. Here's the thing, though. He had to deliver the line, the message to Xander Cage about what do you get out of it if you pass the game? Yeah. Who's asking all these deep questions about a video game and then being like, all right, I'm going to go back to my seat before you actually play it. I'm just going to set you up perfectly to talk about these metaphors. But not until... They exchange compliments with each other where Xander Cage is like, you have a girlfriend? He's like, nah. He's like, a cool kid like you? No girlfriend? And then he gets to say, when you pass, you know what will happen? You'll be the hero. So I feel like this young kid is young Xander Cage. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, they're maybe in he's like an drop. airplane, and like it's like the Langoliers. They're trapped in time. <laughs> maybe that inspired him. He's going to go home. He's going to work out. He's going to get some nipple tattoos and... Yeah, piercings. Yeah, maybe. Get shredded. I just thought that was ridiculous. But so far, this movie had like three great ridiculous scenes. The one stunt in Columbia scene was a little too long. But airplane scene, I'm loving it. The Xander Zone, that scene, ridiculous. Yeah, no, the, the opening at the Rammstein concert. I'm loving it. Then when the actual plot kicks in... It's kind of boring. Yeah. So he goes to Prague. He meets this guy... Who is part of the Czech secret police. He tells him, don't shit on my lawn. Uh, He doesn't want to be working with him, I guess. So they show up to this bar where Anarchy 99 is all hanging out. 
and Xander Cage's plan to infiltrate them is to just walk straight up to them and be like, you guys have a cop in your bar. It's this guy from the Czech secret police. I see, I proved myself. But I also like that he walks up to them under the guise of, hey, I'm an American. I can do what I want, blah, blah, blah. I'm going to walk right up to the head of this club and ask for what I need. Because he says, pretty accurate. he says, I'm the American. Yeah. I'm going to get in here. He points out the cop. Okay. So that kind of like endears him to them, but also they recognize him. Yeah. They're like, oh, we've seen all your tapes. Yeah. <laughs> I think that got him in more than the cop thing. The I think cop so. thing yeah, was I don't nothing. Think he that. So his plan is he's going to go in. He's like, I need this list of cars. He wants them to like steal cars for him. That's his in. I don't know. There's one part where he's like, just give me an account number and they give it to him. Give right. him a bank account to number. To wire transfer money to get the cars. And I like how. All the cars. He went off script. He went off book. And like oh, yeah, Samuel he, L. Jackson yells at him. And he's like, they would have seen right through that. Yeah, he's like, the cars, the list of cars you gave me sucked. I had to like, you know, put some good ones on there. And one of the ones he gets is the car that we later see in the second and third movies. The yeah. Pontiac GTO. So there's a lot of nice tie-ins that eventually do come around. I wonder what it would be like watching the first one and the third one. Yeah, if you could just skip that second one, I think that would have been nice. Well... I don't think now we could get to this later. Yeah, in our I will have to. Um, then a- after they do the deal, they decide to party. They oh, love yeah. to party. They're a lot of party. I'm going to have a party. Let's party, party, party. That's all they do is party. Yeah. So the head of Anarchy 99 is Yorgi, and they meet Yorgi's girlfriend, and that's Asia Argento. And there's like this weird line where she's just kind of like you know like cold to Xander Cage. So he says. They're asking if he wants ice in his drink or something. And he's like, ice? Yeah, you could chisel some off your heart if you could find it. (laughs) What? I think what's supposed to happen is she and him are exchanging all of these one-liners, these witty zings. (laughs) And um, And they weren't witty zings. To show, like, their... Their tension, their sexual chemistry. Then the Bugles guy shows up. Wait, before the Bugles guy shows up, they do the deal. They sign the deal and they decide, okay, now we're going to party. Because that's all they do is party because, you know, if there's anarchy, there's a party. And I really want to talk about the plot of Anarchy 99. Oh, we will. We'll get into it. Uh, but what then the brother of Yorgi like yells into a chimney <laughs> and he just says, Bitches, come. And then like and then all six these bitches women come. come. Yeah. And then they, they party, I guess. But I don't think it was a where, chimney. They were like in an igloo or something. <laughs> I don't know where they I know were. Exactly what you mean. I don't know where they it's were. It's like an from. adjacent antechamber. <laughs> they, what were they doing in that room? They're waiting to be called. Yeah, but I don't know. Were they standing in the line? Were they sitting? They were just hanging out until it was time to come. Yeah. They waited for their cue. Then we meet Toby Lee Shavers. Oh, the Bugles guy. He shows up. I actually don't know. Who is he working for? Is he working for the NSA and is stationed in Prague? Or is he working with the secret police in Czechoslovakia? I thought he was working for Samuel L. Jackson. I did too, but what's he doing in Prague? But he's got a whole office full of people. I think Samuel L. has like a high position and he's just doing this side program. I guess so. Okay, so this guy is the obvious, like the Q character. He shows all these gadgets that Xander Cage will obviously use throughout the movie. They always do in these movies. There's always like an explosive one. And he's like, let me show you how this works. And then he blows up half the office. Yeah. Does he do this every time he shows off how the bomb works? This is the first triple X, so I doubt it. But like... Why couldn't you have just told him, hey, take my word for it, this is an explosive? He had to blow up somebody's desk? I think to show the blast zone. To be more the extreme. Xander zone. Here's the thing that I loved. We got the origin of those magic fucking yeah. goggles that I thought I thought I might have been over-exaggerating that these were magic goggles. No, these are ridiculous. Yeah, they're even more ridiculous in this one because they can see right through a brick wall and, and people's skin but here's the thing they don't just see through the wall and like say oh here's a hot thing here's a skeleton <laughs> oh no, you see everything you're, it's like you're watching the movie through a wall because of these goggles 
Then, of course, he tells Xander, put him on and put him on penetrator mode. Wait, and, was that really what it was called? Yeah, and then they eyeball up and down this agent who's at the firing range. But they're just like looking at her skeleton. But no, what it shows, it shows her skeleton, her skull, and some butt flesh. Like, it's the weirdest thing. Like, is that really sexy? You see, like, flesh and skeleton. <laughs> And butt flesh. You think well, her, her butt was so fleshy that like that you couldn't even penetrate it all? No, like they some? eventually penetrated it. <laughs> but I don't know, like, is that someone's fetish or they turned on like she's got a real nice skull outline and butt? I mean, when I Googled triple X short film death, I did get a lot of that. Skull and butt up. flesh. Yeah. So well, they got penetrator mode. But yeah, later he uses it on a brick wall. Yeah, he just he's like, oh, I need to see through this wall. Good and then thing he I got these binoculars. Perfectly clearly. Uh, one of the things, too, is he's like, here's a revolver. And then he there's like a hundred different darts. And he's like, all these darts in this revolver do different things. And he's like, one of them is a fake death dart. So if you ever have to shoot somebody and make it look like a, Kill you shot. killed them, but you want it to be fake, use this dart. And like, well, that's real specific. Who would ever need that? He needs it in the very next scene. And then like each one is like a different thing. They're all color coded. And then somehow Vin Diesel remembers all this for the rest of the movie and is constantly like spinning the chamber of the revolver to the correct color dart when he needs it. All right. There's a cool element with that. They could have played on that differently. I don't know. Then we get into, after all the gadgets, he has to go back and infiltrate and work with Anarchy 99. And we get some go-between between him and Yorgi. Yeah, him and Yorgi start getting close. Yorgi starts telling him, I want to tear down society. And Xander says, you need a society to deal with because if there are no rules, there's no fun in breaking them. I think that's a great argument. Mm-hmm. Like, you need society to break the rules. Then we get it elaborated on a little bit later where Yorgi's whole plan is, I'm going to use biochemical warfare to eradicate a city and he's like just imagine kill everyone in prague right nobody knows who did it the city vanishes the world turns on each other governments implode it's all out warfare and chaos in the streets and then total freedom i don't get that plan (laughs) how is that total freedom isn't he living total freedom right now? Yeah, he's already living total freedom. But so there's this part where they discuss wanting total freedom. And they quote this song Anarchy Burger by the Vandals. So the Vandals are like this old, like early 80s punk band. And they have a song where if you think you're really free, this is a paraphrase, but it's like if you think you're really free, try walking into a deli and urinating on the cheese. Right. And there's this bonding moment where Yorgi and Xander Cage both quote that song. And that's like the thesis for the whole movie. That unless you can truly do whatever you want, you're not really free. So basically, the vandals are like the cause of the possible downfall (laughs) of the entire world. They were so inspired by Anarchy Burger that they were going to nuke Prague. And the rest of the world. But here's my thing. Is total chaos total freedom? I mean, if, if it's truly like all governments all fall... And you're just living in like a post-apocalyptic society. Yeah. You could really do whatever you want. I think you'd be bound by more rules then. But who would be enforcing the rules? Then you'd have like 500 tribes of people making up rules. It'd be like, oh, you came into our little bunker. Our (laughs) rules here are this, this, and this. Oh, you crossed over the river. Their rules are, you know, this, this, and this. I think eventually you're right. But I think in his lifetime, in the immediate aftermath of the apocalypse, I think he's like, I could just go out there and rape and pillage and do whatever, and there'd be no no law enforcement to stop me. Isn't he basically <laughs> just, he's living in a nightclub, he has <laughs> sex with like five women at a time that just sleep in a heap. He, well, what does he need? <laughs> they do sleep in a heap. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, are they not allowed to wear clothes so they have to huddle together, together. for warmth? Yeah. Like naked mole rats? No, but but he's not truly free. Because, yeah, he can do all that. He has all this freedom, but he wants that next step of total freedom without f- any consequences. But then what's interesting is what side of the coin is Xander Cage on in that equation? Because I think he... Also, he likes the chaos. He likes the anarchy. Right, but he wants there to be society so that he could break the rules. 
he doesn't want a totally ruleless society. Yeah, I kind of agree with that point of view. I don't know. Here's also the flaw in the logic: is everybody knows that he did it, or that he was going to do it. So he's so it's not like nobody would know. Wait, it would, what do you mean? His plan is that if we nuke Prague and nobody knows who does, nobody knows who did it, all these governments will turn on each other. But everybody will know that he did it. So nobody, they're not going to turn on anybody yeah, but him. I get that. But how do they know he did it? Samuel Jackson will tell everybody. What do you mean? <laughs> they know because Xander Cage infiltrated their group. <laughs> and so did, well, I don't know if we want to get that yet. But, um, who? Who else? Asia Argento knows that because she's also a double agent. Oh. Um, so yeah, so. Yorgi and Xander Cage bond. So Xander Cage fake killed the cop, the that guy from there. proved his loyalty. That's what proved his loyalty. And then they give him like a stripper who just dances for like five minutes. He just like, they oh, all have their own castle for some yeah. reason. He goes to his room and there's just this woman in there dancing already. On the bed. How long has she been dancing before he got there? I don't know. But waiting for him to come in. Isn't she exhausted? She must be so tired. By the time she lays down. And then she has to have sex with Xander Cage too? That's also exhausting. I mean, how is she going to do that? Like, (laughs) she probably just wanted to lie on that bed. (laughs) One thing I read about the director's cut is it was like, includes a longer stripper dance scene. How much longer could that scene have been? It was really long. It went on forever. I thought I was watching a music video. I know. But after Xander Cage beds the stripper, then Yorgi has his nude women pile. (laughs) Then we get into like, what are we at? Like the peak of the movie? But no, because there's so much more movie left. There's more movie, (sighs) but there's not really more plot. I think we could pretty much sum it up. So basically, he... He catches Asia Argento sneaking around the castle in the middle of the night because he's also sneaking around. Yeah. Then, like, she pulls a gun on him. He takes it away. She pulls another gun. He takes that one away. And it turns out he's like, oh, I think she wants out. Yeah. Because she's like Yorgi's girlfriend. But he's like, I could sense that you're good. I saw it in your eyes when I killed that cop, but I didn't really kill him. He's still alive, but guess what? By fake killing the cop, the cop is now turned against me. Because he's like, you pushed me too far. There's a lot of people, yeah, that turn on him. So then it turns out the cop turns bad. He's on the Anarchy Night Night payroll now. turns good. She's been a secret agent this whole time working with the Russian secret police. She kills the cop. Now... They got to infiltrate the thing. I'm exhausted just what you're talking about. There's a bunch of scientists, these poor scientists. They're making this chemical weapon called Ahab. Then they successfully do it. They give Yorgi the detonator. They're having a party. They're drinking champagne. Yorgi goes behind some glass. And then he detonates it and kills all the scientists, saying we can't have anybody any witnesses yeah no loose ends then we hear from samuel l jackson that there's this deadly chemical weapon called silent night which has um been missing since the fall of the soviet union um but then we find out that asia argento's character wants asylum in the united states so triple x and samuel promised that to her everything's culminating culminating but not before triple x gets dropped on top of a mountain he jumps out of an airplane on a snowboard. And there's an avalanche on his booty. <laughs> Just like he talked about in the third one. We should have predicted that too. Action, 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 action. <laughs> Goes on for a while, basically. Here's the thing. Then it gets to skiing on these bombs and, and they all start detonating. So he like pushes them underwater. He detonates three biological warfare bombs underwater which I guess is fine. That's fine? I guess. And then he like, survives. Fish. Yeah, he survives. He swims back up. He doesn't ride out on a bicycle with Anna Nicole Smith on his back. <laughs> he doesn't fake his death at all. No. Uh, what? <laughs> Wouldn't any of that, like, chemical, like, that's it? Just yeah, that's it. He water? Just, that's all he had to do was push him underwater. What if it rained day. that day? Would Yorgi's plan have... <laughs> I've been thwarted. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, the movie starts to lose steam after a while. I mean, that's why don't make a two and a half hour action movie. Right. It's too long. Yeah. I mean, not this kind of action movie. Like, this should have been 90 minutes and it would have been great. So he saves the day. Next thing we see, him and Asia Argento are in Bora Bora. He tells her they're going to have sex underwater for three minutes. 
Oh, is that what that was? Well, I don't know. She's like, how? It was just something about holding your breath underwater. And she says, I think I could do it for two. And he's like, Let's try three. Well, he's like, for yeah, for what I have planned, it's going to take three. I don't know what he has planned. And then I was also <laughs> I really do. confused. Because then Gibbons calls in on the phone, and it's like the end of, you know, Charlie's Angels or something. And he, he just, loves bringing up Charlie's <laughs> Angels. He's just on the phone. And then he's like, Xander, I know you're there. And then he's like, ha, 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 you passed the Gibbons test. Yeah. What, what was that? Was this all a test? Was this all a test? Was Anarchy 99 even real? Was there another test? Or was he talking about the three-minute BJ underwater? Oh, it was a BJ? Why, why would she have to hold her breath? How? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. That's what I thought. I think the whole thing was a test. The whole thing? The whole movie was a test because he knows that the real threat is Willem Dafoe's coup of the government... So this was all just a setup to get Triple X ready for that, and then he dies right before the second movie. So he has to get Ice Cube instead. That's what I think. No, no, <laughs> you passed the Gibbons test. Was that getting the girl? I was so confused when it ended with that. I was like, what? Yeah, I don't know what the Gibbons test is. It has something to do with faking your own death and... I thought it was directly connected to the holding your breath joke <laughs> for a long time. I, don't, I might have to rewatch that scene. I don't um, know. Then it ended, never faked his death. That's it. That's it, yeah. I think he just didn't want to do the second movie. Okay. Are you now, ready? Yeah, we got to break down. What did you like better, <laughs> this movie, the second movie, or the third movie in the Triple X franchise? All right. I'm going to pick. Do you want me to rank them? Yes. This is going to be... Surprising to me, I really thought I was going to like the first one the best, and then maybe the third too. one. I did too. It goes three, two, one. Really? This was your least Clearly. favorite? Yes. Wow. This was my least favorite. I actually have a preference now for the Ice Cube one <laughs> over this one. Um, definitely. So, Triple X Return of Xander Cage, great. Triple X State of the Union, I'm in. This one, not so much. Hmm. What okay. about you? I'm going to say Return of Xander Cage was obviously the best. Okay. I feel like there's sometimes there's sometimes where a sequel really figures out what was good about the previous movies and like pumps those things up and it works out really well. Like we've seen it before on this podcast, like Transporter is like it works especially good with action movies, I think. Where it's like I don't know, the fun is kind of amped up. And like, if this was cool in the first one, let's do more of that in the second one. I feel like they missed that mark in the actual second one. But in Return of Xander Cage, it was more fun, more over the top, more ridiculous. That coat comes back. It's more self-aware. Because like, he had the nipple tattoo in the first one. Yeah. But in the third one, he makes fun of it. Like, you know, there's a DJ. There's that kind of cool, stylistic... You know, Name fun plating. facts flash on the screen. So I think that the third one is the best one in the franchise for me. I will disagree with you because I think that the first one is the second best one. My thing is this. I'm wondering if my enjoyment of the second one came off of the third one. I wonder if I watched one and three or three and one if I would have liked the first one better and then watched two like on the side because I just felt like the first one I had five minutes of enjoyment. Maybe the second one I had more enjoyment because I was looking at our predictions. I don't know. Could be. For me, it's that Rammstein concert. That was great, but that was it. Okay. No. For me, it's the Rammstein concert with the guy body surfing. The scene in the diner was cool. All right. <laughs> Maybe just those two things. But then I'm trying to there think was, of what I liked in the second one. I like bugles. <laughs> I the second one had some cool stuff. It had the cars. There were some funny one-liners. It's funny seeing yeah. Ice Cube try to be an action star. I don't know. I just think for this type of movie, Vin Diesel just works better. He, definitely. I do agree with that. But you know he's what? Just, he's got a good sense of humor for this I thought I was turning, role. but... Three, two, one. I'm right. sticking to so it. And you're doing... Three, one, two. Okay. And now we got to decide what did you like better, this movie or the movie that we predicted? 
it's clear the movie I predicted with Anna Nicole Smith <laughs> at the height of her <laughs> modeling career in 2002. Xander Cage riding out of the seafoam <laughs> on a bike. I think that would have put this over the top. I didn't say this in my prediction, but I think it was implied. My movie would have been 90 minutes long. Oh. So the fact that this movie is over two hours. Plus a little minus- video. <laughs> Definitely better. Yeah, plus the short film that we were never able to find. Mine had, I think Tim Robbins would have been an awesome villain. The villains were weak. Well, except for the second one. No, yeah. And, yeah. I mean, in this one. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the villains, Anarchy 99, even though I liked that they were inspired by a Vandal song, they were weak. Jessica Alba would have been better than Asia Argento. I said there should be like a stand-up comedian in there, like a Bernie Mac yeah. character. That would have been great. I think Vin Diesel was the stand-up comedian. Uh, he was. Vin Diesel's funny. I like Vin Diesel. He's good at this stuff. I used to... I, I didn't like Vin Diesel because, you know, all I knew him was he was the guy in movies like this, which looked like they sucked. But now we've seen him... And they kind of did, but he's good. Yeah. We've seen him in Triple X. We've seen him in Riddick. We've seen him in Fast and the Furious. He's up there with uh, Jason Statham. For me. I feel like Podcast they need favorites. buddy cap movie. Oh, if they paired up, I'd be in it. All right. That's it. Any final thoughts on the Triple X franchise? I thought it was fun. I thought it was good. I don't know. It was better than I expected. Vin Diesel's great. Yeah. Vin Diesel's good. Are they going to make a fourth movie? If they did, I would watch it now, having seen these. I would too. One thing we forgot to mention is that he, well, I think we touched on it briefly, is that he skateboards on a dinner tray and like grinds down a staircase on a dinner tray, which I loved. Yeah, that and was the get, best. Scene. Yeah, you didn't get any of that in the second one, which is why I like the first and the third. But I wish they had more of that in the first one. I do too. So um, the fourth one should be all ridiculous extreme stunts like that. And one-liners and sex and coats. Sounds great. <laughs> um, here's the thing. I think the plot of Anarchy 99 succeeded in a form. Okay. Because what do we have lined up for our next movie? Oh, that's right. So it's October. Halloween is coming up. We like to do horror movies in October. So we have never seen the Purge movies. And to me, I don't know much about the Purge, except isn't it like a lawless society for one day? I believe, yeah, like the logline of the movie is that for one night, murder is legal. So I that's feel all I like this is Yorgi's dream. We're going to segue beautifully into that. Yeah. So I know there are a bunch of Purge movies, but... We're burned out now of doing three of the same franchise. So we're just doing two to one. I think that'll be good. In this case, yeah. And, and then we're we'll going to do some more, more time, horror. Yeah, for more horror. So. Have some more time for more horror. <laughs> As always, I'm Patrick. And I'm Ellie. This has been Reverse Sequels, and we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Reverse Sequels.